Hello, hello, ladies. It's your girl, Janelle Renee, and here we are. We have a bonus episode this week. Um, I know we normally um, get together on Fridays, but this Friday, um, I have something going on with my schedule where I won't be available. So I thought maybe I should just come and connect with you all on today, on Wednesday, the middle of the week. We can um, go ahead and get it in because today's topic, I think, is so powerful, so impactful. I'm so excited. So I can't wait for some, some of you all to join the room. Hey, girl. Hey. Thank you to all my loyal listeners, those that have been rocking with me from the day one, my A1s from day one, from season one now, over a year ago, started now here we are season three and just look just doing just um just seeing God move mightily and just seeing him really take the podcast to another level so I'm so excited welcome 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 to all my new listeners hey girl we are so happy to have you here. We are a community where it's a safe place, non-a judgment-free zone. We are here to uplift, encourage, empower one another as we are on our journey to redefine a woman's worth, right? And so I just thank you so much. And I just want to go ahead and get started. Um, welcome, welcome, welcome to the Purity After Promiscuity podcast where we are redefining a woman's worth. I'm your host, Janelle Renee, and I'm so glad to be here with you all. So thankful that we can be on live. You guys can come on into the podcast. You can um, leave a comment. We can interact. You can. You guys are able to actually come on live and you can ask your questions or give your wisdom or, uh, you know, leave a comment or whatever. You guys don't have to just sit here and listen to me speak because again this is a place where I want us all to be edified and if there's something that you want to say some a question that you have that you need answered in the moment please feel free feel free to go ahead and dial in um and and go ahead and um and and don't be shy right um because it, it's all love here on the period of promiscuity podcast and what thing what we do do here is we keep it all the way hot honest open and transparent no one is perfect right we all have our different struggles and issues so it's not nothing to try to down someone else or look down upon them because make where they are in their walk right because we all started from somewhere i wasn't always where i am today i used to be in the struggle uh, with my purity i used to be in the struggle with how, learning how to um not have sex or you know being in relationships and fornicating and all of those things right so we it's nothing to exalt ourselves we just i'm just saying if i could do it y'all can do it too and i'm here as a sister to lock arms with you to say hey girl i got your back come on i'm gonna pull you up and we're gonna do this thing right so without further ado we're gonna get into today's episode which is is it worth the wait how to live without sex right uh you know those of us who are in the christian community um, or even if you just grew up in a household that had some type of biblical standard, more times than not, you've heard don't have sex, don't have sex before marriage, you know, flee fornication, sex outside of marriage is a sin. It's better to marry than to burn, right? You hear all these terminologies, you hear certain scriptures, right? It tells us to in the bible to be holy for thou art holy um it tells us um a couple other things that we're going to go over in the bible as well but you know we kind of are talked to about not having sex but we're not necessarily talked to about how to live a life of abstinence how to live a life without sex especially if like myself 
you've had sex before. You know, I have three sons, so there's no hiding it, right? This, this is not a sin that, that I had in my past that I can cover up because the evidence is clear, right? The fruit is there. I got three kids. I wasn't the Virgin Mary. They didn't just, they didn't just come out. I had sex. And so to go from actually being very active sexually and not knowing and understanding um, the, the the purpose of sex and and why God intended sex and and, and what really it, it's supposed to do and what it is doing in the spirit realm and physically, you know, and, and, and all of these things, I had no knowledge. I was very ignorant because I didn't grow up in an environment where they knew probably. So they it's like you don't know what you don't know. So I don't blame my family, but if I'm honest, for a long time I did because I always said to myself, if I would have had a better family or if I would have had, you know, the right people in my life or the or better parents or if I could have grew up, you know, um, with the right mentor or, you know, in the in church, you know, consistently, then my life would be better. But first thing we're going to do as we're going on this journey of learning how to live without sex is we're going to stop blaming right? That's the first thing you got to do. If you really want to live a lifestyle of abstinence, it is so multifaceted. It encompasses so many things. It is not just not having sex. It's because it, having sex is a fruit of something else going on deeper. It's like sometimes that, that it is something causing you to turn to sex, right? There is something that you're getting from sex that is not just physical. There's a need being met, right? There is something in you or some kind of something you're suppressing or you're running from or you're self-medicating or you're self-soothing that you're using sex for a lot of times. And so just to think of abstinence as, oh, I just don't, I'm just not going to have sex. You're, you're really going to do yourself a disservice and you may not be as successful because the first thing you got to do is you got to stop blaming and you have to take ownership, right? And you have to be at peace. You have to be at peace with the things you can't change. So first thing is stop blaming. Yes. In a, in a, in a, in a, in a perfect world, if I could have picked my family, I would have picked better. Okay, yes, but we don't live in a perfect world. We live in a fallen world where there is just sin. There are things that we have no control over. There is, you know, evil, wickedness. We see it every day. So we know we don't live in a perfect world. So we don't want to be caught up and get stuck in the woulda, shoulda, coulda. Oh, if this. Oh, I wish I coulda that. Oh, this shoulda happened like this. You know, because all that's going to do is keep you stuck. Because I was stuck for a long time because I was there. And that's why I could speak on that um, and be so um, passionate about it because I know what that's like. I know what it's like to be held captive by this fantasy life that I created in my own mind because I didn't like the life that was my reality. And so I kept trying to make the reality and the fantasy become one, but it just wasn't. Right. And so the fact is, I can't change who my parents are. The fact is, I can't change who my family is. The fact is, I can't change that they that they were who they were and they didn't impart in me certain principles or certain standards or certain wisdom um, because they probably didn't know. I, that's things I can't change, right? I can't change the fact that I, I, I was molested as a child. Like These are things that I can't change. So harping on them and just constantly replaying them in my mind or being so focused on that and thinking like, oh, I wish this could have been like this or I wish my parents would have been like that. Oh, I wish this and I wish... 
I could do that all day, but what is that going to profit me? Nothing. And it's not to be insensitive, right? Because I do understand, like, sometimes you get dealt a hard hand and you don't even understand why, because you're like, what did I do? I've had that conversation with myself and with God a lot. Like, what did I do to deserve this? Why did I get born into this family? Why are these my parents? Like, why couldn't you just have given me a better life? Like, what am I supposed to do with this, right? I've had these conversations and a lot of times in those conversations, he didn't even speak. He didn't say anything. Why? Because those things are irrelevant because those are facts and those facts are not able to be changed. But the fact, the reality is the truth. And the truth is God says that his grace is sufficient, right? The truth is that God says his perfect love covers a multitude of sins. The truth is he said nothing can separate him Nothing can separate you from his love, right? So instead of worrying about what these facts are that you can't change, let's focus on the truth. Now, that may be difficult if you don't know the truth. Like if you're not a Christian, um, if you haven't read the Bible, if you don't know the Bible, if you're not in a Bible teaching church, um, if you don't go to Bible study, you know, if you don't study to show yourself approved, it's very understandable because I come from that as well. I did not grow up consistently in church. Matter of fact, um, I've spoken before on other episodes. I grew up in a very secular home. I didn't go to church with my family. I, I've never even seen a Bible in my home, not that I can recall. I never heard nobody even say the name God or anything in our home. So I didn't grow up in a Christian household, but God was so gracious unto me that he allowed my neighbors to take me to church with them. And it was the seed was planted at a very young age in me at maybe eight or nine or somewhere around there um, where my neighbors, they took me to church with them and I got saved. I got baptized. I got filled. Um, and I had an encounter with Christ Jesus that never left me and it totally changed me. And I fell in love with Jesus and I went head first into, um, into church and got involved and was serving and was on the choir and was traveling with the choir and always wanted to be at church because I had an encounter. But how many of us know that you can have an encounter with Christ, but if it's not constantly cultivated, that's why the Bible says, do not forsake the assembling of thyself because you need to be amongst other believers you need to be under a biblical 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 teaching bible teaching church right a bible teaching church so you are able to get the sound doctrine and so you're constantly able to be fed because faith come by hearing and hearing by the word of god and so you're able to mature because how many of us know as believers we're not supposed to stay the same we're not supposed to be stagnant just like in our natural life you're like you're not always a baby you're not always an infant. You're not always a toddler. You're not always an adolescent. You're, you're, you hit each stage of maturation and development at certain times. And then you, you move through to the next. It's the same way in your Christian life. You shouldn't stay the same. But if you're not getting fed um, the meat and potatoes that you need, you're not going to be able to grow. And so it's okay if the reason why your life went the way it went is because you didn't know. Because I didn't know either. I didn't know sex or having sex out of wedlock was wrong i didn't know you know fornication was wrong because i wasn't taught that um no one in my family told me that i saw my family members and the people in my community everybody was having sex everybody was fornicating more people was more of the women were baby mamas i didn't see a lot of marriages in my family and the marriage that the marriages that was in my family they ended up being divorced so again it was 
It was my environment. It was what was cultivated in me. It was what I saw. And so I grew up with that mentality that sex was sex. You you have sex, right? Um, you like somebody or you're in a relationship, you have sex. And so I grew up seeing that. And, and because I never had a talk, no one ever pulled me to the side. No one ever set me down to tell me anything different. I never even had a sex talk with my mom or my parents. They never talked to me about sex whatsoever. So I was just out here to 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 believe what it was that I was seeing. And so that's how I live my life. So don't be ashamed. My sister, don't be ashamed if your life started one way or if you made a lot of decisions you're not proud of today or you did a lot of things and, and you you feel like you regret it or you have some guilt and shame. I'm going to set you free today because the Bible says that Jesus came for those that are sick. It is those that are sick that need a doctor, which means you needed to be saved from something. You're not perfect. If you're perfect, then why would you need Christ? Why would you need the blood of Jesus? It's because there are some things that you're battling with, some sin that you may be um, practicing. It may be some you know things you're wrestling with and so it's okay the the good news is you don't have to stay there and i'm a living witness because like i said this podcast is called purity after promiscuity why because at a point in my life you know i was just having sex you know and i was being reckless and i was being irresponsible because that's again that's what everybody around me was doing the friends that i had they were doing it you know the, my family members the men and the women they were doing it like so i never seen a reference of anybody being abstinent or being a virgin or you know saving themselves keeping their body sex was always like the main theme of what was happening you know and so for me i was just following suit because i didn't have nothing else to 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 pattern after but it still caused me to have a lot of guilt and shame i carried a lot of guilt and shame when i became a christian and when i decided to live be be saved and not just be saved but live saved because for a long time i was saved which means i received jesus christ as my lord and savior i believe he came here in the flesh he died and rose on the third day right i believed i confessed with my mouth and believed in my heart but i wasn't living saved so i was still fornicating still shacking up still practicing sin and I did that for years why you may ask it was because I wasn't in under a teaching that was truly teaching truth to pierce my heart and cause me to be convicted so now I could reevaluate my lifestyle to see is what I'm doing aligning with the word of God and so I was able to do what I was doing go to church serve at church be involved go to bible study i'm talking about be fully um committed into the church activities and be living a life of sin and have no conviction because again the, the the conviction comes by the preaching of the gospel the preaching of the good news the sound doctrine that is taught right that is from the word of god which is the bible says that the word of god it is quick and it is sharper than any two-edged sword and is able to discern between spirit and soul, bone and marrow. So the word is a source. So it's supposed to start cutting away. You should start, it should start cutting away the sinful lifestyle. It should start cutting away our bad habits. It should start cutting away our old mindset. And if you're in a church, if you are a Christian and you're not having that kind of teaching where there's a piercing of your heart, where you feel convicted when you doing something and you know it don't align with the word of God, I would suggest you go to prayer and ask God, 
is this a place where you need to be and to lead you to a place where you can truly be matured in Christ because living a lifestyle of abstinence entails a lot it's not just a decision it starts with a decision but that's just the beginning and so that's why I had to build upon and set the foundation for today's um, content, because I need you all to understand that if you really, truly want to live, know how to live without sex, you got to understand the process, because that's a lot of things we're not taught. We are not taught, even if you are in a good church and it's a good teaching and you're being edified and all of that, and you're growing. Sometimes certain pastors and stuff, they don't really go into depth of how to have your body be a living sacrifice, as it says in Romans, that our bodies are a living sacrifice, which is a reasonable service unto God. How do we do that? How? How? Our bodies is the temple where the Holy Spirit dwells, meaning we are supposed to keep our bodies. We're supposed to um, manage our bodies and we're supposed to take care of our bodies, not just without not having sex outside of marriage, but what we're putting in our body. What are we eating? Are we putting just junk in our body? What are we putting on our body? You know, how are we? Are we being active? Are we trying to keep our body strong? You know, all of these things, right? That is our reasonable service because this is a temple that Holy Spirit dwells in. But how do we do that? If you're coming from a certain type of background and lifestyle where you've never seen that or you've never done it. And so that's why I believe God put it on my heart because he says his daughters, they don't know. They, Some of us want to live right. We want to live and honor God with our bodies. We want to do the right thing. It don't matter how many people you have sex with. Because that's another thing. The first thing that I just was talking about for those that just joined the room is the first part of living life without sex and being abstinent is you got to stop blaming. Because a lot of time we want to blame all of these other people or situations and circumstances. And it's not to say that those things aren't a reality because they are. It's not to say those things didn't happen because they did. But if we just stay in that cycle of blame, 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 oh, woe is me. Oh, woulda, shoulda, coulda. I wish I could have changed this. I wish I had a different family. I wish I had a different life. That's not going to help us. We're going to just stay stuck in a vicious cycle uh, and we're never going to be able to move forward in life, right? Because sometimes we just have to make peace with things we can't change. So that was the first thing. The second thing is you, you got to make a decision. Living a lifestyle of abstinence, you can't do it because it's just solely obligation, right? Because if you want to just break it down to its most simplest form, the Bible says for us not to have sex outside of marriage. But if that is the only reason why you want to be abstinent, you may not be successful because you got to be anchored in your why. Why do you want to honor God, right? The Bible says that God says, if you love me, even Jesus said it, because it said it, it's quoted in the Old Testament and the New Testament. That's how we know God is the same. He don't change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore, because that is something that's reiterated. It's from the old to the new. And he says, if you love me, you'll obey my commands. And one of his commands is, for us to keep our bodies and not to fornicate, to flee the lust of our youth, to flee fornication. It says that in the in the New Testament, right? It tells us not to defile our bodies. It tells us all of these things of, of, of not having sex outside of marriage. But why? 
It can't just because, be just because even though the word of God is the highest authority and that should be enough, but we're human. And even those of us who've had sex before, it's not easy to just go from you had sex, you have felt it, you know what it feel like, you know what it's like, you know, the memories are in your mind. You know, we live in a very overly sexualized society where now sex is being just so, um, it's just being magnified everywhere. It is all on TV. It's all in the music. It's all on the internet. It's all on social media. It's like everywhere you go, it's like sex is on display. All in all types of sex. Like it's it nowadays that it's it's like sex is just so diminished to just a physical act that they're saying all kinds of sex is okay. They're saying you know same sex is okay. Sex with animals is okay. If you want to be polygamous, is okay. Like they're saying all of these things is okay because now they've taken the, the holiness out of sex. They're taking the purpose out of sex. They're taking the, the depth out of sex. They're taking the power and the intentionality out of sex because God created sex for a purpose. This is why he gave us a boundary of what to do with it because he understood how powerful it is. But now we live in a society that's just saying, hey, it's just sex. Do what I will. Do what you want to do. Make make yourself happy. Satisfy your needs because it's okay. And it's not. And so how do we not only choose to be abstinent, to choose to honor God because we love him, but how do we walk that out every day? How do we fight these urges, right? When it's at nighttime, you laying in your bed and you can't sleep. And next thing you know, these thoughts is coming into your mind about when you and, you know, your ex or you and so-and-so who used to bust it down. You know what I'm saying? Because let's keep it real. You know what I'm saying? Those of us who had sex before, we've had some experiences and they weren't all bad. Like all my experiences weren't bad. So to say that it's just easy to, to all of a sudden turn that off. No, I would be a liar and I would be setting you up for failure. It's because I've had some good moments of because sin feels good right sin feels good so we have to it has to be more and so when you make your decision it has to be bigger than okay I'm just not gonna have sex because the bible said it are you doing it because you love God and you really want to honor him because that's my why my why is I have done everything Janelle wanted to do I have lived a lifestyle of sin. I have fornicated. I have had all types of sex. You know, I've done it all. And so, and none of it worked for me. And the only thing that I never have done was I never truly gave myself completely to God. And I never truly did things his way. And so I got to the point where I was so tired. I was so tired of heartache and heartbreak. I was so tired of being abused and taken advantage of or done wrong. I was so tired of, you know, being used up, you know, for my body and then just sitting, you know, alone and, you know, do ghosting me or, you know, messing with somebody else and all of these things and just going through all of this turmoil and I just got to the point where it's like enough is enough if this is what it takes if this is what I gotta do a for God to honor him because I love him because I want him to know I love him because how many of us know that love is an action it's not a word I could tell you or I could tell a person or I could tell God all day and night I love you because that's another thing 
we do in our in our current um culture and society we use the word love very loosely oh i love pizza girl i love that show oh i love your hair oh we say love so loosely and we don't understand that love is something that is so powerful right this is why perfect love can cast out all fear this is why god's perfect love can cover a multitude of sins this is why the bible says of faith hope and love love is the greatest love is so much more than what we what we even understand it to be because if we understood the power and the context of love and the purpose of love we wouldn't use the term so loosely so when you really get down to the nitty-gritty of love love is an action i do this because i love you god so loved the world he gave right even god gave because of his love for you and i he gave so love is an action i'm always it's a it's sacrificial Right. I'm always willing to give something up for you because I love you. So for me, it was like I'm willing to give up fornicating. I'm willing to give up having having all types of sex and doing the things I want to do and masturbating and watching porn and all of the filthy stuff that I used to do. I'm willing, even though it felt good. Because how many of us know, like, we always try to look at sin, and we, we really do have to be renewed in our minds to really understand sin for what it is and to look at it for what it is. Because sometimes sin feels good, and sometimes sin is fun. And I, I had some fun times when I was living a whole life of sin. I had some fun times, and things felt really good. So, But it came to a point where I was willing to sacrifice the thing that felt good to me satisfying my own flesh doing what i wanted to do i was willing to submit to surrender that lay it on the altar and say god not my will but thy will be done i want you to know that i love you and because i love you i am going to do my best to live according to your word right and so that was my why so it's not just because the Bible says it. It is because the Bible says it. But then I had to go deeper and I had to really do some self introspection and to examine myself and to be honest with myself and God. And then I had to get to a place where I was ready and I wanted it. Like I wanted it. Sometimes we make decisions, but we're not, we don't really want that. We do it out of obligation. So sisters, I don't want us to get caught up in, let's just do this because that's what the Bible says. Do it because that's what the Bible says, but make sure that is what you want to do as well. Because otherwise, you're going to find yourself probably just backsliding or, or having a very hard time or really, really struggling and wrestling with it. And I know some people who are Christians who are struggling in the area of abstinence because, and, and, and one of them is very honest. They're not ready. And God, he honors that. He honors your truth. You don't have to pretend with him. If you're not there yet, you're not there. Be honest and say, Lord, I want to honor you with my body. I want to abstain. I want to do this, but I'm I, I'm not there yet. I'm not ready. He understands. Ask him to take the taste from your mouth. Ask him to deliver you from, you know, the stronghold. You know, you can pray and ask him and he will do it. But sometimes it's not easy to just give it up. For me, it became easy because my last relationship where we were fornicating, living in sin, we were shacking up, doing other things. Um, I had so many terrible experiences with him as a person and things he were doing to me. And then I experienced a lot of spiritual torment where, you know, we don't really understand the full context of sex 
and what it all opens up. It's like every time you have sex with a person, you create a covenant in the spirit because that was one of the things God created sex for. He created it to consummate the marriage or that's why the Bible says the two shall become one flesh. That that one flesh is the physical act of sex coming together, becoming one. And what is that created to do? It's created to create to make a to make a covenant or an agreement or sometimes if it's um, ungodly, we'll call it a soul tie. But it's it's created to do that. Why? Because the Bible tells Jesus said in the New Testament what God has joined together, let no man put asunder. And then it tells us in Ecclesiastes 4 and 12, it says a third three-strand cord is not easily broken. Well, that three-strand is you, supposed to be your spouse, and God is in the middle. It's not easily broken, and it's not supposed to be put asunder, which is another word for broken. So when we have sex with somebody, we're taking what God created to do to make something be so solid, to make something to be so um uh come together and to be to be it's a word that I want to uh to, to literally just come together and just to to be uh to be one and, and to be um inseparable right it's supposed to be inseparable it's supposed to be it's supposed to last forever the only thing that can break it is supposed to be death right so like this is why sometimes it's so hard when you start having sex with somebody it's so hard to, even though they doing you he doing you wrong he treat you any old kind of way you know he messing with other girls he ain't right all of these things right but you stay with him why because he know how to put it down and he got you all you know hypnotized with sex and you know, and, and that's a thing too, right? People don't understand that sometimes people are using sex as a means to manipulate, as a means to control you. So they are using sex as what is the term you can Google it, sex magic. Where they're and it's and if you Google sex magic, which I think you should, you will find that sex magic is an ancient Babylonian practice because the Babylonians, a lot of their um, rituals and a lot of their idol worship and, and pagan worship was it involved perversion and it involved orgies it involved homosexuality it involved sex and, and and male prostitutes and prostitution and everything was perverted and it was a lot of it was sex why because even the devil knows that intercourse and sex it creates a covenant and these particular covenants are not easily broken because that's the way they're designed so every time you have a you have sex with someone you're creating this covenant regardless if you marry them in 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 the natural or not because sex is a spiritual transaction it happens in the physical but it's spiritual and we're not taught that and so now you got all these false covenants you got all these spirits spirit spouses you can google that too you got all of these things going on and you don't even know why now you don't know why you can't think straight you depressed you stressed you don't know if you're coming or going you confused you can't let him go you know all of these things you right you now you you more angry than you used to be you know all of this stuff is happening you don't know why because it's the spiritual transfer because you won with that person Right. So now everything that they had going on with them, now it has a gateway and it's coming over to you and vice versa. Everything you had. Right. So then you have your other sexual partners. They have their other sexual partners. You never broke any of the covenants or soul ties. Y'all come together. Now you mixing all the soul ties. You're mixing all the covenants and all the spirits. And so now you get all you get torment. This is why some people get mentally ill. Some people are emotionally unstable, mentally unstable, spiritually unstable, demons. 
demons. Demons are real. Demons transfer through sex. And, and because it's an open door, sex is created for two to become one. And whatever this person, this person's supposed to be a virgin. This person's supposed to be a virgin. So you don't have baggage and residue and you don't have, you know, um, hopefully you don't have spirits and all that. Um, demons or, you know, if there were some generational curses, you dealt with that prior to, but now you come one, you become in covenant because once you become in covenant with someone, you come in, you are in covenant with everything that's connected to them. Everything. So whatever that they have or whatever they don't know they have or whatever they're in agreement with, whatever they're doing in their life that may not be right, no matter how right you're living, now you're one with it. Now you're going to have, you're going to be, now you're going to experience their storm, right? It's like even in the uh, Bible, in the book of Jonah, when Jonah decided he didn't want to do fulfill the assignment that God gave him he didn't like the assignment so he felt like oh I'm gonna run and so he went and he started running and he got on a boat and um the boats went out to sea and normally back then when when people were um um you know out to sea and they were you know um sailors and stuff like that they were professionals like that was their profession so they were very um educated right and they're very experienced with with gauging the 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 water the temperature the the weather they knew when it was a good time to sell when not to sell like they they because that was their profession so you got to know for that boat to be taken off that day at that time that was because they looked, they did their due diligence and they found that it was a good time to sail. Well, they let Jonah on the boat. They don't know what is attached to Jonah. They don't know what Jonah has done previously. They don't know what sin Jonah has committed against God. But he get on a boat and they go out to sea. And immediately a violent, read the book of Jonah. It's not even long. It's only if, like maybe four or five chapters or something like that. Um but immediately a violent storm hit the boat and they couldn't figure out why now jonah on the boat sleep he don't he, he not he's oblivious to the storm right because he's just trying to run he's just trying to run from the responsibility of the assignment that he don't like see sometimes we get connected to jonas and we don't know that they're jonas you might get connected with a dude and next thing you know you connect with him y'all together y'all start doing what you do and now uh, it seems like everything in your life literally goes haywire things start hitting the fan things start falling apart it's drama everywhere there's no peace right you don't understand what's happening what's happening is you didn't know that there was a storm connected to him because you don't know what he was doing before you you don't know who he has wronged you don't know how he's running from god you don't know you don't know a lot of times we're not discerning enough because we just go head first into these things and so like these people on the boat finally after they talking amongst themselves trying to figure out like what's happening this should not be happening we've done our due diligence we we watched the weather we looked at the sea we made sure that this was a perfect time to set sail why is there all of a sudden this violent storm who's on the boat and then they had to figure that out and and, and, and long story short they begin to cast lots and figure out what's going on and and they figured out the problem was jonah it was who they let on their boat and so they ended up saying what did you do to your god like they understood that what was happening was spiritual 
They're like, because we know good and well in the natural, this couldn't happen. Because we know today wasn't supposed to be no storm. Today, everything was supposed to be clear, right? But now there's a crazy violent storm, and this this storm was violent. They knew it was spiritual. They're like, what What did you do? Like, what? how did you offend your God? And Jonah had to take responsibility and say, you know what? I am the issue. I'm the problem. Throw me overboard. And that's when he got swallowed up by the, the, the whale or the fish. And he was in the belly of the whale for three days. And then he had to repent. He had to cry out to God. And God allowed him to be, you know, to, to be to be um spewed out of the 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 fish's mouth and to dry land and he ended up having to go fulfill the assignment that God originally had for him to do but that just goes to show you like sometimes we get in relationships and we let people in our life we let these men in our life and we have no discernment no discerning of spirits we don't know what they're connected to we don't know what storm is connected to them because once you get in a relationship with them and once you start having sex with them you are automatically by default a part of you're going to be by default affected by whatever is uh, connected to them so people don't tell us that about sex right and so that these are the things once i started learning these things it made it easier for me to keep my commitment and to get stronger in my conviction and to be more anchored into it of why I didn't want to go back why I truly wanted to be committed to living a lifestyle of abstinence and like I said I got into a relationship with my ex and it was like he was a Jonah um because he had some violent crazy storms connected to him and I had no idea but again as I've said before um even in the last episode don't ignore the red flags there were red flags from the very beginning um and I ignored them but the depth of the violent storms that was connected to him I had no idea because I was so caught up and in my life everything started going haywire and even once we started to fornicate because we didn't start having sex off the bat but eventually um we did because I call myself wanting to still be abstinent and that's another thing um I definitely want to touch on before I end today's episode but I call myself because I was being abstinent at the time we we um connected and we started talking and I told him that time and time again but see the problem was he wasn't abstinent and he didn't want to be abstinent. That's another thing that we got to be mindful of. If you want to live a lifestyle without sex and to be abstinent and honor God with your body, you have to make wise decisions. And to think that you're going to be able to be in, in dating or courting or in a relationship with a guy and you're abstinent, but he is not abstinent and he don't want to be abstinent. You're fooling yourself. You're setting yourself up for disaster because he's going to, as a man, he's autumn is innate in him. He wants to conquer. He wants what he wants and he's going to pursue and he'll say whatever. He'll do whatever. My ex said all kind of stuff. He act like he was okay with me being abstinent. He act like, you know, he wouldn't stay over too late. He wouldn't sit real close to me. He would, and it, it appeared as if he was respecting my boundaries, but truth, truth be told, he, it was like, he was just, um, it was like he was he was just really like uh getting me comfortable right just just getting me so comfortable and then once he was once he knew that my guard was all the way down it 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 was what it was and I willingly gave in um so you have to be mindful right this thing is a journey and it comes with so many um practical things that we have to do daily right you got to stop blaming, right? 
You got to make your decision and you got to be anchored in your why. Why do you want to abstain? And for those of you who may listen to this um, episode and you not yet at that place, that's okay. But think of your life right now and what you're experiencing and what you're going through. What are you really benefiting outside of a physical release, outside of a good few moments or however long it may be outside of that what really are you gaining and benefiting from fornicating and having sex and giving your body to a man who's not your husband right just start thinking about that start just kind of start keeping start keeping track and examining like your life after you know you stop dealing with that person or even while you're dealing with that person and start making the connections of you know how sex is really influencing a lot of your life a lot of your decisions a lot of your mindset a lot of your movements um because that's just what it's designed to do right and those of you who may be um on the verge and you're thinking consider you know first and foremost you have to get to a place where don't keep blaming everything and everybody else and don't keep blaming yourself sis it's 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 not okay but it's just it's something you can't change it's okay in the sense that god's grace is sufficient for you his love covers a multitude of sins he can sanctify you with the blood of jesus christ he can purify you even as he says when you come to him and you ask seek forgiveness and you're sincere in your heart and you repent he is just to forgive and he will cleanse you of all unrighteousness you know he don't remember your sin as far as the east from the west so it don't even exist to him no more the hard part is it not existing to you anymore that was my biggest stumbling block i had to get to a place where i forgave me for all of the things i did for all of the times i was reckless with my body for all of the times i gave away my body for all of the times you know i just constantly just you know masturbated or watched pornography or whatever i was doing right and once i got to the realization and had the revelation that these things are wrong these things are sinning not just against me and my body but it's sinning against god and it was creating a um sin creates a barrier right or it disconnects us from god because god is too holy he can't even sin can't even be in his presence right and so we, we become so disconnected that's how we can continue to sin and not be convicted because we the more you sin the more hardened you get towards it the more desensitized and the more the discon more um disconnected you become from god and so i had to forgive myself because i started really being convicted and my heart was grieved and i was sad i was sad that i hurt god like that i was sad that i took what god really wanted to dwell in and inhabit and i just defiled it you know i took what god blessed me with with a body with a with a womb right and i misused it so once the more i got closer with god the more i started studying the word the more i just um was being intimate with god the more i started to see the error of my ways and that grieved me and in that I started to feel a lot of guilt and shame and I felt really bad. And, and so it was, it was really difficult. I was really hard on myself and I constantly was, you know, um, just, um, condemning myself. And, and the Bible tells us in Romans that there's, in Romans 8, that there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. But again, that's, it's a process right because it's natural for you to feel um, um guilty it's natural for you to feel shame especially if you truly have conviction in your heart um but you got to get to that place where you're able to receive god's forgiveness and know that he can wipe you the, the the blood of jesus has 
paid your debt certificate. Like you're clean. The Bible tells us old things pass away. So your old history, your old sexual history, the things you used to do. Paul, who used to be a persecutor of Christians, who killed Christians, who imprisoned Christians, who was so feared because the Christian community knew if Paul came or he was in a vicinity that it was about to be trouble, that it was going down and he was coming for blood, right? But he got to the place in Christ where he understood that the forgiveness of God and the grace of God and the blood of Jesus will wash you. And you're not the old person you were. You're actually a whole new person. He said, I've done no man no harm. Now, we don't even know the true number of Christians. He didn't kill them and imprisoned and beat. Right. But he got to that place where he was so he received the love of God and he was so content and he rested in it that he he said, I've done no man, no harm. Since you can feel like that, too. God can renew you. He can restore you. David said that he restores my soul in Psalms 23. Right. He's where he can restore your soul, sis. He can restore your virtue. He can restore your innocence. He can restore your body. Nothing is impossible to him. Especially, and nothing's impossible for those who believe, but you have to make a decision. You have to stop blaming everything and everybody else. Take responsibility. Yes, there are a lot of reasons why I made the decisions I made. Yes, there are a lot of outside influences that affected the decision I made. But at the end of the day, I could have made a different decision and I didn't. So I have to accept responsibility for that. Right? I have to take ownership of, of my part in it because that's only the only way God really can truly work with your honesty, with your transparency, with you being totally vulnerable and open and honest and transparent with him and not holding nothing back and saying, Lord, I could have made a different decision and I didn't. I enjoyed what I was doing. It felt good. I didn't want to stop. You know, I, I, you know, whatever the case may be, because he already know. So you stop blaming, right? And you take responsibility and then you make a decision, not because someone's forcing you, someone's beating you over the head, somebody's condemning you, but because you love him. Just like my children, I do things for them, not because they deserve it. Sometimes they don't even ask. It's simply because I love them. For example, I went to the store today. Now I went to the store to get me things because I'm, you know, about to be traveling soon. And so I needed to get some things to, so I can travel. Well, I'm in the store and I see things that I know my children need. Now, they didn't ask me for these things. They didn't mention these things to me, but I got the things for them because I love them, right? That's what love is. It is a action. It is sacrificial. I sacrifice, you know, money and a budget or whatever that I may have had for myself to get what I needed. And I said, you know what? I, my kids, they also need. So let me sacrifice some of what I need to give them what they need, not out of obligation because I love them. And then it makes me feel good and I have joy and I'm not grumbling and I'm not complaining and it's not hard. Like Jesus said, his joke is easy. His burden is like, I'm in the, I'm in the place and I'm not perfect and I ain't saying I don't have struggles and I ain't saying I got all the answers and I got it all together. But what I can say is that there is such a grace 
for me in my abstinence at this point because I am doing it out of love. I'm not doing it to impress nobody. I'm not doing it to sound all holy. I'm not doing it to, you know, just put myself up on a pedestal. If nobody knew that I was being abstinent, I would still be abstinent because I'm doing it because I truly love God. And I truly want him to know that I love him by me keeping his commands, not just the command to be abstinent, but the other commands as well. But because this one was a big struggle for me and it's a big struggle for a lot of us, it's important to be vocal about it. And it's important to now that I'm ex- I, I've gone through it or I'm in it to help other women who may come behind me to, to say, sis, it's possible no matter what your lifestyle used to be. I don't care if you was a prostitute. I don't care if you was a sex worker. I don't care if you were sold into human trafficking. I don't care what it is. It don't matter what your sexual past is, what your history is, what your start is. Doesn't matter. It's about how you finish. It is those that will, who endure who to the end who will who will be saved, who will reap the reward. There will be a crown for you, a crown of glory when you get to heaven. If you can endure and you can just live a lifestyle that is fully pleasing unto God. But it's a process like anything else, sister. And yes, sometimes you will struggle. Like my struggle, I haven't had sex since 2018, but I have struggled since then with masturbation and pornography because that was really my struggle sex wasn't my struggle i did sex out of obligation because that's what everybody else was doing and i thought that's what i was supposed to do to get somebody to love me or to be to, to because i liked it somebody or i was in a relationship but it, sex was never it for me i could it was neither here nor there i really probably could have been absent in a long time ago to be honest um but my struggle was masturbation and pornography um that was the thing that i had a stronghold in and that was the hardest thing for me to give up so that was my battle and that there were moments where i did good for a length of time and then i would you know and 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 then i I would stumble um but the, the the fact is that in our humanness right and in our weakness god is made strong don't even if you stumble in it sister don't stay there get up brush yourself off Go, go to God, repent, be honest, confess, repent, you know, receive forgiveness, receive the washing of the blood, sanctification, ask God to give you strength, you know, whatever you need to do, create boundaries. That's, that's where we're going to end off today is the thing. So we said, the first thing we want to do is stop blaming. The second thing we want to do is take responsibility for our part in our lifestyle. The third thing we want to do is we want to get our why, right? Why and why are we wanting to live a lifestyle of abstinence, right? And we want to be truly anchored and committed to that why. And and also, uh, we want to have boundaries. Like I mentioned earlier, if you want to be abstinent and date, which we should be, right? Because how else are you going to figure out if someone's the one? How else are you going to get to the, get to the you know, altar to be married, right? You got to date. Um, but be wise even in that when you're ready, you know, for me, um, it took a while because I had to heal, had to go through a lot of healing. I had to go to counseling. I had to deal with myself, sit with myself, learn to be by myself, um, spend some intimate time with just me and God. So there were things I needed to do before I could really get back on the dating scene. So be wise, right? Seek God in that, you know, and don't be afraid to have that intimate time and to go through that healing process and to work on you because that's going to benefit you more than anything. But 
you have to have strong boundaries, right? You have to know, like, off the top before you start dating, like, what your boundaries are. Like, you got to know, like, for me, I already know off, off top, we can't be nowhere alone. I don't care how long I've been abstinent. It don't matter. I'm a woman. My body work. I'm attracted to a man. And every man that I've ever dated, I've been very attracted to. So I would not set myself up for a failure in that way. We can't be alone nowhere. So no bro can't be here. He can't be at my house. We ain't Netflix and chilling. You know what I'm saying? Like, we ain't doing that. We got to always be in a public place, right? Because at the end of the day, I know me. And so you got to have strong boundaries. Another thing, we can't be doing all that deep you know, tongue kissing, because again, I'm a woman, I'll probably get aroused, he might get aroused, again, that's playing with fire, I ain't doing that, you know what I'm saying, like, there are just certain, there are certain things I ain't watching, there's certain movies, if it's, if it's too sensual, too sexual, too seductive, you know, raunchy, I can't watch it, why, I gotta guard my ear gates, my eye gates, and I, so I can't even, I can't even do anything that's gonna cause me to stumble, so I don't do that. I can't listen to certain music because we know certain music gets you, you know, thinking, get you, you know, reminiscing, get you in the mood. No, I don't do that, right? And so it's just certain things that you gotta have in place from the onset, and you cannot waver. You have to be consistent and committed to your boundaries. That is the only way to be successful in this and make it to the altar without any slip-ups. Be honest with yourself. You know you, right? Some people may have to have more strict boundaries than me. Some, excuse me. Some people may have to have um more lax boundaries because you got to know thyself, right? I know me, you know, and I know when I like a person and I'm really interested in a guy and I'm really attracted to him. That's something that I know could be could take me down a slippery slope real fast. So the the best thing for me to do is to just keep focus on my boundaries, no matter how hard it may be. Like knowing, like, you know, hey, we can't be having no, you know, we don't need to be over each other's house, you know, slayed up, you know, especially, you know, if it's getting dark outside. And yes, sometimes it gets dark at nine o'clock. Listen here, we I ain't got no business at your house when it's getting dark. You ain't got no business at mine. And if I feel like the attraction is too, it's too strong between us, we don't need to be at each other's houses at all. You know, maybe I don't even need you to pick me up from my house or maybe I, we need to always just meet at a common place to go out on our dates. Maybe we need to always be on group dates. Maybe we don't even need to be one on one. Maybe we need to, you know, have some friends, you know, we go on double dates, you know, know thyself. Know thyself, because if you want to be successful, again, it's not going to it's not going to be an easy journey, but it will get easier with time. And the more you're committed to it and the more, you know, you allow God to heal you and to purify you and to and to, to restore your soul and to renew your mind and to really um just that work that he's begun in you that he's going to complete into the day of Christ Jesus. You know, you just got to allow God to saturate you with his love and his presence. So you, you will begin to understand that I don't need sex, right? Sex is the bonus. I don't have to have sex and I don't need to give my body for someone to like me. I don't need to give my body to, 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 to be in a relationship. I don't need to, right? Because I know that I'm loved regardless right me giving my body don't make me any more love than i already am i'm loved because god loves me when you get to, when you get a different mindset you know it can become easier but there's a part you play in it it's a part you play in it so i wanted to do this episode my sisters because i feel like um again a lot of times in the church or even not in the church we're not really told how 
to live a life of abstinence, right? And get accountability. But I'm going to do another episode and we'll go over some more tools and tips, right? Um, so to help us to be successful as we're, you know, redefining our worth and we're really living a life that is fully pleasing unto the Lord, honoring him with our bodies, honoring him with our minds, right? Walking out this walk, uh, fighting a good fight, the fight of faith. Um, we just want to make sure that we're doing the best that we can to glorify him in all things. And one of the main ways we glorify him is with our body, is what we do, right? Is with the house, the temple that he's given us. How do we store it? Again, it's not just sex. It's are you do you drink water? Are you eating good? Do you eat healthy? Are you active? Do you do your you know, you know, do you exercise? It's it's it's, it's a combination of things. Do you just keep yourself up? Do you keep yourself looking nice? You know what I'm saying? God, God, you know, he wants us to give him our best, right? We want to give him a, a good offering. We want to give him a sweet smelling aroma in, in who we are across the board, spiritually, physically, emotionally, all the things. We want him to be honored. We want him to know that we have given him our best. So we want to make sure we look nice. We want to make sure we smell nice. We want to make sure. Why? Because this is the temple where he his spirit dwells. And so it's, it's so multifaceted, like I said in the beginning of the um, episode. And I just want to help um as many as women as i can who may struggle in this particular area to walk in success as they are waiting for god to give um to bring their god ordained husbands because sis let me tell you something god is a redeemer he is a redeemer if if rahab in the bible she was a harlot she was a prostitute that's what her profession was but god still he still redeemed her. He used her in in his in his redemptive story, right? In his you know love that he has for just people, like he ha- he loves the world. You know he he used her to help the Israelite spies to escape Jericho. And then when they came back, they made a promise to her that her and everybody in her house they would spare them and they would bring them to safety before they destroyed the whole city. And they did that. And then she ended up marrying an Israelite um, man and bearing children and being like the mother of Boaz. I think she was the mother of Boaz or the grandmother of Boaz, but she was the great grandmother of David, King David. She is mentioned in the line of Jesus in his lineage. And she was a whole prostitute. So I want to end with that. So if God could do that for her, which he did, and maybe you wasn't a prostitute, but maybe you was just promiscuous. Maybe you weren't promiscuous, but maybe you feel like you just, you know, you had sex with just, you know, more people than you should have. Or the fact that you're just not a virgin, right? Because the, the, the truth is, it's not about how many men you slept with. It's about the fact that you slept with a man. Because the Bible tells us not to um have sex out of marriage and tell us to flee fornication um and sex is reserved for the marriage bed so um it doesn't matter what the history is the fact is god is a redeemer and if he did it then if he's doing it for so many other people i know people personally you know i know of people personally i should say who have a similar redemptive story maybe they weren't a prostitute but maybe they you know just you know did some things in their past and um, and, and they, you know, had a sexual history that they weren't proud of, but God still redeemed them and they still got married and they still got chosen and a man still loves them, right? Because God can make you new. He can make you new if you trust him. And so I hope this helps somebody. Um, thank you all for who joined in the room. Thank you for everyone who will listen to the, um, to the upload on the, on the platform. 
I pray that this um, is going to help you. It's going to encourage you. That is going to empower you um, to be able to make the decision or to plant a seed or to give you the tools and tips you need to continue to endure, right? And wait on God and trust God. And, and even, you know, get an accountability partner. You can always reach out to me. You can leave a comment directly on the um on on the uh podcast but you can also um, reach out to me to connect with me um you can go to my website um this is something that i do um for a living i am a coach and i do help women to uh, walk out how to live a lifestyle of abstinence. I help women how to um, have renewed relationships and prepare to, to, to be married and to have um, fruitful and successful relationships. I help women to discover their purpose and to walk out and live in their purpose. Hey, London we Hi, I'm just about to end. I've been on an hour, but you can uh, I'm upload it and so you'll be able to listen to the replay. And so I just wanted to um, do a um, starting a series in this series to help give practical tools and tips on how to live a lifestyle of abstinence biblically right unto the Lord and just really breaking down what that looks like, because oftentimes, like I said in this episode earlier, we're taught we're told not to have sex. We're told, you know, you're, you're going to go to hell if you have sex or, you know, you're told not to fornicate or you're told, you know, sex is only for marriage and all of these things. But we're not necessarily told how to keep ourselves, how to live a lifestyle of abstinence, especially if you've had sex before. How do you go from knowing what it feels like, experiencing it, right? How do you go from that to now not having it and being content and and, and not backsliding and, and not falling into sin and all of those things? So um, the Lord has just graced me in this area. Um, and so I, it is my heart to help as many as women as I can to truly live a life as a sweet smelling aroma. And absolutely, because again, you know, and see you, oh God, see, I thought I was about to end, but Lord, Holy Spirit, have your way. That's so good. You said that, that even after divorce, because yo, you actually had a covenant, right? You actually had the right vehicle for sex the way God created it. So how do you go from experience that blessed sex? Because I've heard from many married people that it's different when you're married. Like if you had sex prior to marriage and then you got married, that is just different. There's a, that, there's a blessing on it. There's a grace on it. So how do you go from having that to now saying, Lord, I'm going to try to to surrender the, that desire, surrender, you know, that experience, surrender, you know, that that natural in, inclination to want that experience and that physical touch and that intimacy to saying now I'm just going to just walk in abstinence and I'm just going to honor you with my body until you, you know, allow me to get into another covenant. And so, again, you know, it's so many it's so many different areas where we as women can come into wanting to be abstinent and need practical tips and tools and biblical foundation on how to do it successfully because it can be done because God's grace is sufficient. Holy Spirit will empower. Come on. That's real. Sexual thoughts. Listen, says, you know how much in a day sometimes I got to cast down these high imaginations. Like, let's keep it real. No, I don't act on them, but they be there. And if I don't immediately cast them down, like the Bible say, 
if I let them take root, the Bible says, whatever so a man thinketh, so is he. And so if I was to continue to allow the sexual thoughts that be in my mind, that come into my mind at the craziest times, um, I would probably find myself acting on it. So that's another part of this process, right? That's why it's important for, for God to use us women to break down the different areas of struggle and what we do to overcome right that's why it's strong boundaries what you're watching guarding your ear gates and eye gates who you around you know all of that matters when if you really want to live abstinent because so many things influence us more than we know more than we think we're influenced by, you know, even if you got friends and they not abstinence and you know how girls talk, they come in like, girl, last night, you know, oh, dude, man, listen, he busted it down. He put it down, girl, you know, all that. listen, if I'm living abstinent, I, sis, I can't listen, 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 I, I love you, but I can't, I, I can't listen. I can't, I, I can't be your, you know, you can't vent to me about that. You can't talk to me about that. Why? Because that might trigger me. Right, you gotta know your triggers. So yes, listen to the recording is so good. Share it, share it, share it, especially if you have some some sisters and some people, some friends that may be struggling or maybe living abstinent and or wanna live abstinent. It's so important for us to um in, to encourage each other and and to empower each other and to help one another. Um and in even in every every area of our life um so we can all as a as a people as a body um can be successful and, and live a life that's fully pleasing unto god and so god bless you may god's blessing be on you um i pray that the lord will give you a supernatural strength i pray that he will just help you to be transformed by the renewing of your mind that every way that the enemy will try to come into your mind to try to get you to to fall into temptation the bible says that there is no temptation that's not no that's not common to man but even in the face of temptation god he will provide a way of escape so i pray that the lord will provide a way of escape for you and with those tormenting thoughts that your even your mind can be pure because purity is not just a state of not having sex or living a certain way it's also about our minds that's why the the Bible tell us to think on things that are lovely, that are that are good, that are noble, that are above, because it matters. Because when the seed go into the mind, it will get into the heart, and what and then out of the abundance of the heart, you know, flows the rivers of life. That's why we're supposed to guard our heart with all diligence. So I just pray that the Lord will just give you a new strength, a newness of mind, a mind of Christ, that you will overcome in, in every area that there may be a weakness that you the enemy will have no place, and that you will be able to continue to offer your life as a living sacrifice as a sweet smelling aroma unto the lord until he sees um for his timing for you to have your your um your spouse if that's something you desire or whatever the god's will is for you that whatever you do you do it and you do it successful you do it well and that you do it for his glory and that he is truly pleased with you i just believe it is already done it is so because we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of thy testimony there is nothing that that you cannot overcome in christ jesus and so i thank god that he allowed you to come on and you were able to be honest and um and because where two or three are gathered he's right here we know that when two or three witnesses agree it shall be established and so I thank God that his word will not fall um, flat to the ground, nor will it return to him void, and that he has already given you everything you need to be victorious. You are victorious 
in Christ Jesus. You are going to testify of his goodness. And the more you testify of his goodness, the more God is going to just impart and use you in great and mighty ways. Because it doesn't matter how you start that your latter days will be greater than your past. It doesn't, sometimes we, people, I know sometimes people get very um, paralyzed or they get stuck when they experience something like divorce, especially as a believer, because it can have stigma. You might have people try to tell you, oh, you you can't, you know, be a Christian or you can't marry again, or, you know, they try, might try to put a label on you or whatever, but the devil is a liar. It is not so. God is a redeemer. He is a restorer. It does not matter. It don't matter what you went through. It don't matter what you did. It don't matter about your past. None of that matters. His grace is sufficient. His perfect love covers a multitude of sins. He, he knows the plans he has for you. And so it does not matter. There's nothing too difficult for God. He asked Abraham when Abraham was still waiting on his barren wife, almost 100-year-old wife, to have a baby. He said, is there anything too hard for God? And so if it's not too hard for God to create a child from two barren, old, shriveled up, dried up human beings, ain't nothing impossible. All things are possible with God. We believe by faith. And so by faith, it is so, and God is still going to use you. He's still going to bless you. You're still going to have a blessed life. You're still going to have a fruitful marriage. You're still going to glorify him in Jesus name. So, amen. I thank him for leading you here as well, because only God can do it. Um, Cause I don't market much. <laughs> the podcast and so it's I, I give all glory to God I just am here to be a vessel to be used all I want to do is glorify him and if that means you know getting on here and testifying of his goodness and what he's brought me through so be it and I thank God for you and I know God this is just the beginning he didn't leave you lead you here for happenstance that he has something in store for you daughter and he just wants you to stay the course stay the course don't get caught up in your past. Don't get caught up in your experience. Don't get caught up in what you may think was a failure. There's no such thing as failure with God. If you do anything, you learn. It's a lesson. There's no losses. So you ain't lose nothing, my sister. All you do is gain. And so I thank God that, that he, with him that there is no such thing as losing. He is a victor. He's victorious. He's never lost a battle. He ain't losing none today. And so he's on the throne and he reigns forever. And we thank him. And we know that all things are possible. And we know that it's for those who believe. So we know without faith, it is impossible to, to please him. So believe by faith sister that you are already married again believe by faith that you have an amazing man of god husband believe by faith whatever it is your heart's desire is that you know god put you there so what time is it over there right now because I, I i can probably adjust the time i could probably do that um just if i uh, girl, why is you up this late? <laughs> well, okay, okay, okay. So it's 4.37. So that is, it's 10.38 here. So, okay, you up for your morning prayers? Amen. Okay, so it's 10.38 here. So that's say what? Um, 11.38, So it's about a six-hour difference. So it may be if I, cause I used to do the podcast in the morning. I did here in the States. 
I used to do it in the morning. So if I did it in the morning here, it would probably be afternoon there for you, right? Because if that's so, I will go back. Okay, perfect. I'll go back to doing morning because I used to do morning and I just switched to doing nights because I started having um, guests on here in the States and I was doing it on Facebook and I was doing Facebook live and then um, I would just put the audio on the podcast, but I don't do that anymore as of right now. So I can go back to doing it in the morning. So that'd be uh, that'll work. Um, it works for me. That's fine. I don't have no issue with doing that. So starting next week, um, I normally do the podcast on Friday. I did it today because I'm going to be traveling, but, um, it's normally Friday so I can do, um, Friday mornings and hopefully, um, you and some more people will be able to join. So look at God. He's good. See how he's already moving. He's already working because he, he, that's how he is. He, he does a quick work. When you align, when you surrender, when you are, you know, in t attentive to his voice, um, he'll do a quick work. And, um, if he do it for me, he'll do it for you. So I praise God. I give him all the glory. I thank God for you, my sister. Thank you for joining this week's episode of the Purity After Promiscuity podcast, where we are redefining a woman's worth. This week's episode was, is it worth the wait? How to live without sex? It is possible. Um, God, he will meet you there. It doesn't matter where you struggle, how you struggle, when you make the decision, if you trust him and if you get, if you commit to it, you can do it. And so I just want to encourage you. I just want to encourage every woman, every listener to know it is possible. I would have never thought that I would be here in a million years. I've done some things. Y'all have no idea. I have done some things. Yeah, um, I definitely will. But I, um, you know, I, I, it's nothing but God, how I got here today and even living this life and even doing this podcast. So again, he's no respecter of persons. If he done it for me, he can, um, he can most definitely do it for you. So I appreciate you all for tuning in. You guys can always go to my website, www. Okay. I pray about it and we'll figure it out. Um, www.redefiningmyworth.com. I'm writing it in the comments. God bless you. Um, for those of you who will be able to see the comments and for those of you who may just watch the replay or, or catch the replay, it's www.redefiningmyworth.com. If you guys want to um, connect with me or um, I have a free guide that I offer on my website that you can just, you know, put your email in. It comes directly to you and you can download it. It's free. Um, and then, of course, I have my coaching services that I provide um, or, you know, you're able to fill out a connect form on there if you just need a um, connect with me. Um, I will definitely contact you and um, make sure that I'm able to connect back with you. So you guys um, feel free if you want to use utilize any of those things. Let me know um, if you guys just want to leave a comment. You want to share. You want to like. That's always appreciated as well. Uh, I thank you very much. You very much appreciate it. And I just want you to know 
All my sisters, that your past does not define you, no matter.